Okay, guys, show us what you got. The two of us together? Forget it. You know what I am? I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. This is bullshit. I'm not listening to this. You are insane. No, you're insane. Remember, this is not a competition, although you two seem to be the best in the class. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. It's the stories that you tell. So much fun and imagination. And you're looking at your claws and you're looking at your fangs. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what to do, man. I don't know how to kill the bunny. With this, you don't know how to kill the bunny. Do you know what I mean? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. And remember, no one has the right to touch you in your bathing suit area. What? Are we fucking ready? Roll cameras. Action! Welcome to the Warrior Academy podcast. This is Scott Anderson. Jeff Suskin. And we have a good friend here with us on the podcast today. And what a perfect time to have on this guy because tonight we're going to talk about rewards. And celebrating little victories. And uh, I think this was actually Ross's idea. We're joined by our good friend, Ross Cohen. What's up? How are you? Thanks for having me, guys. Man, I'm excited to uh, have you. We just uh, finished up a cardio class here on Wednesday night. This is when we record. So um, well, tell, I guess... Tell the listeners why Ross Cohen is the man to uh, tell us all about celebration. Oh, no, no. Wait for oh, it. wait for it. Okay. <laughs> wait for it because... You know, I'm, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is I don't know if the mic's going to pick that up, but I just popped a, I just popped a cold one. I just popped a cold one, and when I say I popped a cold one, I popped a soda. In this case, a agave soda because you know I'm a natural guy, and I opted for vanilla cream. Do you know why? Why? Not a clue. Because I'm celebrating a little victory. Oh, do tell. Well. You were around for the whole thing. I mean, you came in when I was here, so I, I had a I had a tough day. I had a challenging day, and it got it got very weird and um, very emotionally difficult for me. Like right before class started, and that's sort of mm-hmm. you know par for the course. Sometimes when you're a yoga instructor, or you're you do anything in which you sort of have people in front of you, and you just sort of have to put things aside. So. Uh, in true yoga form, I was able to just uh, embrace the moment and, and realize where I was and, and get out of my head and into the class and breathe. So, like, the, the, the best thing like, it, that could possibly happen when I've had a tough day is a bunch of people came into the room, smiling faces. Everybody wants to do yoga. So that was great. What I'm celebrating, my little victory, is my victory over um, that challenging emotional state I was in. Yeah. No, you did to, a great job. To come I back into balance and like, I'm, I'm feeling great mm-hmm. and uh, I'm celebrating with my soda, but yes, Jeff Suskin, my partner in crime, we have Ross here because if, uh, if you've never heard of or had sweet cow ice cream, there is probably very few rewards or celebrations that you can give yourself other than ice cream, and I'm just I'm gonna toss it out here. I would say this even if you weren't here. I wouldn't. I would say this even if you hadn't paid me <laughs> exorbitant sums of money. No, he did. He didn't really pay me anything. Like 
It's fucking good ice cream. Oh, it's simply malicious. <laughs> we know it. We know He's it. He's really every day. I wish it's too bad you've got your your headphones on for this recording so that you you can't wear sort of that ice cream scooper little, little cap there that I would have loved to have seen I, on you. I actually but wish that the listening public could see what Ross looks like is right now. Rocking a porn star mustache. Can we just stop and talk about that we really can, fast? Because it's really funny because it's the first time in my life that I ever grew facial hair. I had a 19-year corporate career in New York City, shaved every day, suit and tie, and I moved out to Colorado, and I decided to grow some stubble, and lo and behold, I could. So uh, <laughs> here I am, and I shaved off everything but the stash. I figured Ross this is going through his second, his second puberty. My second puberty at 42. <laughs> it feels great. And, uh, and you know, a, a whole different breed of women are noticing. <laughs> and when you say by a whole breed of women, do you mean men? <laughs> because oh, I'm the, the one that's, that's noticing. The species. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I forget. I, I completely, I was at work today and I forgot. And all these people come in, Hey Ross. And they're looking at me funny and whatever. And I don't even remember that I've got the stash. And then about an hour later, another guy comes in. He's like, what's with the face? What's going on there? And I'm like, oh, no wonder everyone's smiling at me like that today. It's kind of like that was that Austin Powers movie where the guy had the mole on the face and everybody <laughs> couldn't stop looking at the mole. I, I do. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't take my eyes off his stash. Like, it's... It's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm getting a lot of flack for it too because I've been told, like, I, everyone says, what's up with the stash? I'm like, I'm going to shave it on Friday. I'm going to shave it on Friday. I think and you should keep it. That's not good enough. And my, and our, you know, my partner in, I say partner in cream and sweet cow, <laughs> Drew Hannes. I, stop it. Um, I, I have to do the same thing. I say my partner Jeff all the time. And then yeah. people oh. are like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, no, it's too bad. You guys look yeah. great together. Exactly. Well, Drew says, oh, you, you've got to commit, man. Like, own it. What are you doing? Like, you're going to shave it Friday. That shouldn't come out of your mouth. Just smile and go, uh-huh. 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 Okay, so uh, the first point that I want to make is, one, we're not talking about reward and celebration right now. And that's what we do on this show. All right. We, we go down the rabbit hole and we try to try to talk about a subject and then we sort of realize at the end of our, our time that we failed. So, but I got to go with this. Well, that just had to get addressed. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it really had to be talked about, didn't it, Jeff? Like, we fucking had to, t we had to talk about it. Like, we'll, we'll post a picture of this. Yeah. Other, otherwise, like, I wouldn't be able to have the conversation because I'd just be staring at that thing. You could match it, though. But I bet if you shaved your beard. Yes. Well, see, here's the last yours thing. comes that... in differently, though. Your, yours looks a little bit more like Western Sam, uh, what's his name? The guy was in like uh, all the West Sam Elliott. Yeah, is that Sam the guy's Elliott. name? It's a little bit more like that. It doesn't look as seventies naughty. But Scott, you've been rocking the facial hair beef. for a while now. It's what's for dinner? Yeah. Years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Years. Oh well, see, here's the thing that that I always have to sort of explain to people. I don't try to grow a beard. I don't try to grow a mustache. I just don't I just, shave. I fucking hate to shave. I just oh. hate it. I thought I you were it. bragging for a second. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, I, he, I don't, don't try. try. He, he shaved no, no, no. this morning. No, no, it just no, grows no. back. Like, the inflection's important. It's not like I don't even try. It's like... This is my 3 o'clock shadow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I, I don't try. You know what I mean? I think everybody in your class, because we just did this class, and we did the uh, the the amazing cardio class that you do. And I, you normally will look in the mirror. You tell people to look in the mirror and 
I'm like dying and I'm like, oh, and you're telling people to exercise the muscles on their side of their mouth and turn them up and smile. And I looked in the mirror every time today and I just started cracking up at myself. When you look in the mirror and you make yourself laugh, that's probably a pretty healthy thing. But I guess here's what I want to ask. And then we've got to get off of mustaches. And uh, the question is this, like what kind of, what is your grooming situation here? Because, uh, you're just going sort of straight across your face, which is good because if you were to shave, you know, then you're starting to get a Hitler it's thing very, going on. It's I, Matt, uh, Matt Dillon-esque in Something About Mary. It's, it's, it's porn starish. And do you know how, like, if you grow it down, you get, so you start moving into Fu Manchu biker oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. territory. So what's, what's guiding your mustache growing choices? Well, right I now? told you I never grew facial hair before. So it actually grew and there was a little gap right under the straight edges. And when I went over, I, I go to proper barbershop so, up, up on Tennessee. Me too. And they specialize in everyone there. It's got a big beard. So Ryan, who is one of the owners there and, and cuts my hair, said, you know, hey, let me uh, give you a shave as well whenever you're ready. I said, I want to keep the stash. He said, what kind of stash do you and want? And he said, are you sure? <laughs> he said everyone <laughs> Did he try to convince you to do something else? No, but I did ask for the most porn-like... 70s okay, then stash that, there we go. The so the you asked for the porn sort of so version of facial hair. So you gave me a shave and did it right, and you could tell you did it right above the upper lip, Ooh, just right. You know, good stuff. Oh yeah. You know something? So I had a question. So when you're looking at yourself in the mirror tonight, this might be your normal smile. Do you find yourself like going like this when you look in the mirror now, like <laughs> like lifting one side of the lip up, kind of? I've been trying. So it, been trying. for our listeners who couldn't see Jeff's face, which was like priceless, he was rising. doing. He was trying to do a really bad sort of Billy Idol sneer, sort of like I've got it, I'm fucking working it. <laughs> no matter how hard I try, it still ends up being like the Zoolander look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's why you're really here, because not only do you make the most fantastic ice cream in the land. And I do want to give you the opportunity to really just just tell everybody about this goodness of sweet cow. But um, we wanted to have you on the show just because you're a great guy and also because many of the stories that I hear about you in your apartment alone at night <laughs> are, very, are very unsalacious. It's usually like, I had a pint of ice cream last night. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, I just got my wisdom teeth out last week, and the people in the dentist office were talking about, well, you can eat ice cream. They didn't really realize <laughs> and you're like, uh, You have no fucking idea. 41 scoops in three and a half days I had. You counted them. That well, I mean, is it obscene. Is, it is obscene. And I'm not I'm, – 41 I'm, full scoops. Well, 41 cups. Some of them were double scoops. 41 cups. Yeah. All right, so let's let's uh, think tell about our that. Listeners. Like, I mean, like, I mean, OJ the... Simpson stabbed Nicole Goldman <laughs> thirty fuck? something Where times. Where did you go to you that? Know? That was like thirty <laughs> something times, and I just think of like how like that must have taken forever. Forty one scoops, like line that up on a table. That would cover this entire table in ice cream. That would cover this entire. Like, table. and probably raise it up about. Well, without going too deep into this process, I'd be willing to bet he didn't line up 41 scoops and says, all right, here we fucking go. Oh, I had six but- <laughs> or seven at a time. Six or seven at a time. How's your, how's your teeth? How's your mouth? It feels how's great. Stomach? A, the, my yeah. stomach is great. You know, I used to be lactose intolerant and I got divorced and that didn't 
was no longer an issue. So <laughs> apparently it wasn't lactose you were intolerant to. <laughs> That's right. So I uh, practice tolerance now. You do? <laughs> I do. Okay, so you really you were lactose intolerant and now you fucking just consume ice cream. I but do. Have you ever heard the term don't get high on your own supply? I have heard that, but you know, it's kind of a requisite. It's something that everybody that works at Sweet Cow, everybody associated with Sweet Cow. It's like if you work at Marlboro, you have to smoke. Right. It's like, you know, if you go to like another, let's say a chain ice cream shop and people are there, they're going to sit there and, you know, taste the ice creams and say, yeah, I really like the ice cream. But you go to Sweet Cow and you notice when the people are behind the counter, they love the ice cream. I talk about our ice cream and I start salivating. I've got to close my mouth so I don't drool all over the place. Yeah, because if you're drooling and you've got that mustache, I guess <laughs> that's like a bad combination. That's probably a very so bad So what's, what's really special about Sweet Cow, and, and again, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you do most of the, uh, the sales here, but um, you come up with the most crazy, original, and amazing combinations of flavors and ideas for ice cream. And I think the last time I was in there, which was probably two days ago, you had Beam and Coke. Oh, yeah. And I was like, uh, it feels like I, I'm an idiot asking the question. I, I asked the, the, the scooper, what's in Beam and Coke? And he's like, Jim Beam and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you don't have to be an asshole about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was like, like me asking the stewardess on the plane, what's the difference between the chicken and the steak dish? Uh, one's chicken, one's steak. <laughs> <laughs> It, this tastes like Beam and Coke. Okay, Go so what, yeah. okay, let's talk a little bit about the flavors, and then and then we're gonna then we're gonna uh, uh, hopefully get into why it's a good idea. Oh, absolutely! To get a scoop of ice cream, absolutely. But um, what? How, how did you go? Like, uh, let's do Jim Beam and Coke versus you know what? Let's take a margarita. And put it in ice cream. We do that too. Okay, but <laughs> I guess here's my real question. What ideas got tried and rejected? You know, not many ideas get rejected. It's funny. <laughs> you know, we did trim our menu a little bit as far as our, our uh, stable of ice creams this year. You know, we retired some of the flavors. We have so many flavors and so many that are really great that people love that we want to bring them back multiple times during the year. We... Really try, we paid a lot of attention, especially to the 2015 calendar and going ahead and spreading out flavors so you can go to any of these shops, which are in pretty close proximity, and find the flavors that you're really after. Um, but there's just so many different, you know, things we can try and have tried, and they all move. I don't think we've ever made a batch of ice cream and it was just like, Ooh, this is terrible. No, come on. There, there's got to be something. Like there was like that day you made like shiracha and Skittles there and you're are, like, well, uh, what the fuck were we thinking? There are some that it, it's funny because everybody likes something. And we make uh, – we were making one Kung Pao cashew, you know, so it had <laughs> chili Aleppo flakes from Savory Spice and, right, and cashews. And the thing is that, you know, people either love it or hate it. It's like cilantro. You either love it or hate it, like country music. You either love it or hate it. And there are certain sweet corn we make during the summer, real sweet corn, buttery sweet corn and corn and an ice cream. And people either love it or hate it. But we've never come across one where it was like not servable or no one liked okay. it. It's, we just make less sure. of the ones that are less You want to hear something weird? Is my parents now live in Philadelphia. So they went into a restaurant the other day where they serve pasta and instead of cream sauces, they use ice cream. That sounds good. It actually said it's fantastic. That sounds delicious. So there's another use for sweet cow. You can now find it at um, 
at uh, Barola Grill, uh, some of the other Italian restaurants in town. Maggiano's is now serving. And I'll get back. Okay, let me describe to you what's happening right now. Uh, In my head and in my heart, you know know what it's like when you look at a clown and he's like really funny and colorful and cute and then – then it starts to become insidious, and then it becomes the evil clown that's creeping you out in the horror movie. That's what's happening right now, as you describe ice cream on pasta and Kung Pao ice cream. Oh, so I'm, I'm like, like that. That's Stephen this King. This really happy, wonderful feeling in my heart is slowly turning into. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it like real the, quick. It, what was the cover of it? That Stephen King exactly, book? That's me. exactly. What was that guy's name? Wow. Do you remember? Clowns. <laughs> That was very scary, by the way. Yeah. Very scary. Okay. Getting back to your original question, our goal as a company is to really just, you know, really test the parameters of milk, cream, and sugar. And what that means is really infusing ingredients, infusing taste into our ice cream. For instance, our cookies and cream, it's not a vanilla ice cream with Oreo cookies. We put the Oreos in multiple times during the churning process. It turns brown. It's an Oreo base of ice cream. Our oatmeal cookie is an oatmeal, and it is base the best ice cream. I've ever had in my entire life. The cookies gonna, and cream, I'm second it, that. which is pretty much isn't it always on the menu? Always on. We have nine flavors. It that is are always on the menu. Insanely good. And my so, fa- my favorite's the Ozo coffee. Ozo is a local. That's my now my Colorado favorite. Yeah, uh, love that roaster one. out of Boulder. We actually take their coffee, fresh ground, steep it in milk, cream, and sugar for 18 hours. Cold press it, toddy it, put it in the ice cream machine. You get some of the creamiest, most delicious coffee ice cream on the planet and and it's really a, just a true is it we don't we're not putting ingredients into into a vanilla base for all of our ice creams or into a chocolate base you know when we make almond joy a deconstructed almond joy bar basically but not with almond joy bars we're making an almond and coconut base of ice cream and adding dark chocolate chips and chocolate covered almonds and uh and coconut flakes we're not you know, but that base of ice cream is really what matters to us. Our Snickers ice cream is not Snickers in a vanilla. It's a light caramel ice cream with Snickers. It's, you know, every ice cream is really, you know, just tastes like. Now, as, as you talk about all this, uh, uh, Jeff and I are, are we getting have, hungry. We're getting kind of annoyed. I th- I'm speaking for Jeff, too. We're getting a little annoyed because, and here's what I'm thinking is we have, you know, whatever our listener base is, but it's, it's, it seems to be growing and we're super excited about uh, the show. Um, so there's now a lot of people, uh, we've got letters from the other side of the planet. How can somebody get some sweet cow? Well, what's really interesting if, is if, how does that guy in, in Idaho get their hands on some sweet cow? Within the next couple of weeks, we're actually launching on our website delivery in the United States. Did I so just you're ship did it? I just set you up for it. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. You didn't even know house. that, which is great. No, I actually did, but I forgot and and the reason why I remember you telling me is that you know, my brother lives in Los Angeles right. and you met him when he came out here for the holidays and he had the ice cream and he's like, "God dang. How am I going to get this in, in We're going to two day it with dry ice and it's going to come just as perfect as when we scoop it. Boom. So let's 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 wrap up like sweet cow. And so I want to give you the opportunity to sort of plug like how can people find you and find out about you because uh, seriously, uh, uh, we we are not getting paid for this, but I, I I always want to plug something I love, and I'm telling you right now, this is the best ice cream I've ever had in my life, and I've had a lot of ice cream. Yeah, definitely. If you want to check us out, you can find us real simple: sweetcowicecream.com. 
Um, you can go on our Facebook is facebook.com slash sweet cow ice cream. Uh, Twitter is the sweet cow and, uh, you know, just type sweet cow into Google and see what comes up. But I want to get back to what you said. And I thought you were actually going in a different direction when you said you were furious over here. I thought it was because you kicked ass today. We just did this class and sweat our asses off and feel great for it. And we are not sitting here with ice cream in front of us as a reward. Right. And that's what I thought you were go- going with there. No, see, but I, I, I took the, the closest possible thing in the studio because we have this <laughs> natural soda. So I grabbed one of those as, as a reward for, for my efforts. But really, the, the, the thing that we wanted to discuss tonight was why it is important to be good to yourself. And when the idea was pitched to me, I think this was actually your idea, Ross, and, and Jeff told me about it. Uh, it w- whenever I hear or think about the idea of being good to yourself, I, I'm going to date myself. I'm going to show you what a nerd I am. I'll possibly annoy Jeff. I I cannot help but make the immediate association to uh, a song by Journey back in the 80s, Be Good to Yourself. And I think that's really what we want to talk about tonight. What we tend to do is being loving beings that we are, we tend to go out of our way very quickly to help somebody else out and to reward someone and to encourage someone and to just be uh, the best people that we can be in lifting others up. I, be- I really believe that inherently that is our nature. And it's difficult to direct that. In. Mm-hmm. We, will, we will do things for others without even thinking about it and if it comes to doing it ourselves, we're like, we'll put it off, we'll, we'll, we'll deny, or whatever the case may be. But uh, I, I want to turn it over to you guys now to sort of talk about what it means to be good to yourself and to reward yourself. And uh, I really want to hear your thoughts on this, Jeff, because you're a, you're a wise, wise I'm man. I'm a wise man on this one. I was thinking about this today, and I thought that there's a big – a big stigma associated with selfish, you know, don't be selfish. Don't, you know, talk from the time you're a little kid, like don't be selfish. Preach on. on. (laughs) Things like that. Like you share, don't be selfish. But I think as we get older and we, you know, like you said, we develop compassion, empathy, kindness. There's sort of a different way to look at it. Self hyphen ish, like being sort of self-centric, taking care of self-care, self-love, self-affection reward. And that's something I think we have a problem with because we're programmed from a young age that it's always got to be sort of outwardly directed. Those good feelings, the compliments, all those things. It's like, no, no, no. Be nice to your sister. Be nice to your friends, this and that. And it's always there. And it's always like, there's never, you're not really never taught to focus on yourself about rewarding yourself, saying nice things about yourself, all the rest of it, because that's seen as boasting, that scene is being arrogant. All the things from the time we're a little age, I think that that sort of gets suppressed. And then as we get older, it's no wonder that this is such a difficult thing for us to do, which is that self-care, the reward, the celebration. I'm horrible at it. You always tell me, like, Jeff, just take the compliment yeah. or something like that. So I'm extremely guilty of it. And I think it's one of those things that we're shamed from a young age growing older. Like, mm, take that focus off yourself and direct it outwardly. Selfish is not when you choose to live your life the way you want to live it. Mm. But that's the impression 
Selfish is when you want or insist that other people live their life the way you want them to live it. That's, that's like morality weird. too, yeah. Yeah, but that's selfish. So, but I really love, you know, um, your um, what you just said now about being selfish. Like, it's okay to be, you know, a little bit. I, I think that as yogis. And as people that are interested in developing greater awareness, you know, we always use the word self and whether it's a capital S, self. Mm -hmm. So we, we're going to start uh, this conversation halfway through our podcast with the idea of self-ish and how can we get over this reluctance, this guilt, this shame that we feel that like, I'm going to do something for myself. And what's really interesting about that and going back to something you said earlier is it's very easy and we're taught to be outward with compliments and to, and to do nice things and say nice things for other people. But those people that are getting those, the large majority of people have a hard time accepting compliments. So right. it's like, you know, it's like I receiving a gift. Yeah. I <laughs> tell people all the time, like say something nice about them and I do it way more often than not. And it's genuine, but in the end, I say one thing that may be constructive criticism or slightly negative or whatever it is, and that's the one thing that holds, right? You don't, everything else didn't mean anything because it went in one ear or bounced off of them somewhere because people don't know how to accept compliments for the good work they do. But let's talk about self. You know, I think that and being selfish and it's really about slowing down. We live in this time where everyone works so hard. We live in this time where people achieve so much in so little time. Um, but we also live in a time where people put aside happiness or being at peace with themselves until they achieve something. I'll be happy when I get this promotion at work. I'll be happy when, um, you know, my wife stops nagging me. I'll be happy when, you know, I hit the lottery, whatever it is, you know, and, and you keep putting off happiness. And that's actually showing a lack of self-love. It's not taking every day and every moment and celebrating the wins that you have. The win you had today when you started class and everything changed for you and, and you realized what you accomplished and got through. The win that we had after finishing that class. You know, you have to stop. On to the next thing. Always on to the next thing. Always on to the next. But the most important thing in a, an exercise I've learned to do on my own is to stop and look in the mirror. And it's a lot easier without the stash. Um, but <laughs> to stop and look in the mirror and, like, and appreciate myself a little bit and say, you know what? I'm doing well. I did great. You do it in every class that you teach. I sit here and you start off every class after we, we kind of set our intentions and we think about, and I loved what you said today about, I'm going to give you a minute to do this and you're only going to get, start touching your list of what you have gratitude for, right? Mm -hmm. But like having gratitude and making that conscious decision to have gratitude is a form of self-love. It's a form of recognizing what you're doing. It's, a, it's the tip of that iceberg. But I don't think we do it enough, and I don't You're think right. people do it enough. And what, what Jeff and I uh, seem to be talking about quite often, it's, it's, it seems to be a recurring theme, and I think that there's a very valid reason for that. I think that uh, Jeff and I approach yoga and spirituality a little bit more from a neurological uh, position rather than a spiritual one because really your emotions are really driven by your head, you know? And when – we're not taking care of ourself. A lot of times we're not even aware of it because we're just churning information and, and there's so many stories in our head and we're, we're basically um, 
fabricating everything that we don't fully understand, right? The, the brain doesn't like not having an explanation. And in the absence of having one, it will make one up. That's what the brain is doing quite, quite a bit. So beyond the idea that it is a good idea, that, you know, it's, it's important that we, we take care of ourselves and we be good to ourselves. You know, that's a nice, pithy uh, sort of idea. Um, we always want to try to present people with valuable tools. So let's, let's go a little bit bigger and deeper than the, than the scoop of ice cream, right? Beyond that little reward, what, how have you, Ross, rewarded yourself along the way as your business has grown rather than just doing that thing, um, which we as slightly martyrly um, uh, delay gratification, I'm going to put it off. We tend to spend our lives um, working our ass off and working our health off so that we'll have enough at the end to try to reclaim what we lost and we had the whole time. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I think it really comes down to trying to balance yourself in some sort of way. And what I mean by that is if you look at yourself and you look at the different aspects of your life, I look at it like a bicycle wheel. I've got five spokes. I've got my health. I've got my family. I've got my spirituality. I've got my, uh, my family and I've got my community service, what I give and take from my community. And if I make my work that much longer of a bicycle spoke, just like a spoke is longer on a bicycle wheel, your bike's going to go side to side and you're going to get caught in the mud and, you know, you're never going to really be able to see in front of you and plan a little bit better for yourself what you want and achieve what you want to achieve. Um, so I feel like if you can really hone in on each of the aspects of your life and really try to balance them, your bicycle goes straight. You can see in front of you. You create goals, you create milestones, you create those places where you are feeling reward from your actions. I think that, um, I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Horrible metaphor. I got nothing out of that. All right. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, like let's, uh, I like that. I like that. I want to, I want to throw that over to Jeff because Jeff is the kindest, most generous man that I know. And that's why he's such a good friend to me. I, I, it's rare to meet a, a person of his, his caliber. I hope that I'm making you embarrassed as hell because you're a great guy. And what Jeff is really committed to doing since he became a yoga teacher and was trained here at Warrior Academy is becoming an amazing yoga teacher. And I, I, I caution him often, like when I, um, want to reflect how great of a class he taught or the contribution that he's making to the studio and to people's lives and health. The first thing out of his mouth is like, uh, you know, I, I want to do this better. I want to do this better. I want to do this better. So, um, Jeff, how are you going to, hmm. I, I, I don't think, I don't think your life is wildly out of, out of balance, but like, yeah, I I do want you to sort of take that in tonight and go like, how oh am no, I this going has been. To... I'm a, I'm very aware of that, especially once you brought up as this it topic. pertains to your growth yeah. as a yoga teacher. Sure. I see you making huge gains, but I don't see you stopping and going. Yeah, I kind of nailed that one. 
there's a, I mean, it's based in shame that, that, that striving for perfectionist, like for perfectionism type of thing. I, that's definitely got its roots in shame. So it's one of those things I thought about it where let's just say you would have just, you would have tell me, Jeff, I didn't like that class. You have to work on this, 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 and this. And I would be like, in my own mind, I'd be like, God damn it. He's so hard on me. I thought I taught a really great class. Then you tell me you taught a great class. You did a great job. Thank you for that contribution. What a great class. And I'm like, oh, nah. It's like you can't win. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's a, it's that equanimity that you're talking about for me because – and I and I know that it's based – I've read quite a bit of John Malone and people along those lines. It, it's something that's based in shame and it's that striving for like for perfectionism. You know, and I think that what that does is it robs you of it robs you of the joy, I think, of like any of the success like you have to celebrate. Ken Blanchard talks about that a lot, like when he when right, he right. Uh, tells um, business people what to do, you have to get celebration is very important. And I was looking at it there. Let's say somebody and not just me, say like a girl and you're just like if you were to tell her, man, you look overweight and that dress doesn't look good. And she'd be like, what the hell did you just say to me? Tell her you look beautiful. No, I don't. I don't look beautiful. You know what I mean? It's not just me. It's one of those things I think where it's hard to accept compliments. It's hard to to be self-ish. Right. There's something and very difficult about that. Let me ask that. you a question on that. Is it harder for you to accept that compliment from Scott than it is from someone that is outside, you know, would you would you walk out of here and go hang out with someone that's not associated with your class or anything and say I just nailed that class. I feel so proud. It's a good point. Do you take that time with the stranger, not stranger, but with the other person that's not involved in the situation? I understand that because especially when you're working with your colleagues or whoever, we're, we're in a society. Never let your guard down. Never never look like you're working less than someone else. Never be a – If it was one of the students mm -hmm. here that said to good me, point, man, Russ. that what a great class. I loved it. I'd be like, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. But if Scott says it, then I'm just like – Nah, I can do this better, that better. Do you just feel like I'm just doing my job at that point? I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and that's enough? Because the same people, the writers you're talking about and the speakers, they're the ones that are going to say, okay, it's okay to feel grief and bad about yourself, but put a 10-minute time limit on it, right? Mm. But when you celebrate, you better put at least the same time limit on that to do it too. You should celebrate, not just, oh, I shouldn't celebrate at all. From, for me, that sense of uh, of – accepting kind words, reward, things like that. I don't have a problem if it's somebody I'm not close to. Yeah. When it's somebody I'm close to, I get – like shame is the only word I can come up with. I get very embarrassed and it, it hits me very w weird. I almost cringe. Okay. Let me, let me put this idea in your guys' head because you know there's also an opposite sort of element to this idea we're talking about tonight and that is when – we're not doing well. We're not doing the work. Life is kicking us in the ass and we're sort of sh shrinking back. Oftentimes what we do is we'll tend to go, I got my ass kicked today. I, I, I deserve a reward. And there's, so there's sort of a soothing aspect to it. Mm. And that's really not what we're talking about. And that happens a lot. It's like, like medicating. Exactly. Instead of rewarding for a success and stopping to acknowledge that success, we're actually coming up short and then we're 
doing something to make ourselves feel better. There's that sort of way to uh, hit a, hit the reward button, you know. So how do we make that distinction? And I guess the question is, is like beyond the fact that we spend way too much time working hard, trying to take the next step, trying to level up, and we're thinking to ourselves, I'm going to do that later. You know, it's I got to I got to bear down. I got to keep my head down. I got to keep working. How can we move forward and yet pause? I, it seems to me that a reward or a celebration is in some way just a pause where you where you stop and assess. And one way to look at it is if like if you're climbing a 14 or we got the most beautiful mountains here, you know, a lot of times it's important to just stop, not because you need to catch your breath, you need to relax your legs, but you need to just stop looking at the path and take in what's around you. I was thinking the exact same situation is a climb. I remember climbing Mount Fuji and I was with a group of people and a lot of people were struggling and I was kind of doing very well that day. But I, I kept saying like, look right there. Let's get to that point. That's, and we'll, let's stop and we'll have our reward. We'll take a breath. We'll look, look around. And that's what we did. And we, it was a lot of fun getting to the top. We got to celebrate our successes out of breath at that one little stop where we'd stop every time. But I feel like, you know, there's other people that are like, I'm going up Everest. I won't be happy till I get to the top. You know, it's an interesting thing because like Jordan Burroughs, who won the gold medal at the Olympics, he won the gold medal. He crushed it at the Olympics. And I think I read that he went into a severe depression after he won the gold medal. You know what I mean? He made it all the way to the pinnacle of, of amateur wrestling. And then it was like, well, what now? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's like you don't enjoy that route. You get to the top of Everest and it's like, well, I guess we got to come down. You know, that's, that's it. And then you're left like looking for the next mountain, the next mountain. So, and I think that that's just uh, that which you thought would bring you pleasure soon causes you pain. I always wonder about that. Like these Olympic athletes who win a gold medal at 18. And then like, how do you top that the rest of your life? Or you're the rookie on the, on the football team and you win the Super Bowl. Yeah, how do you, you know, keep topping it? And then you, yeah, how do you keep topping that? So then, then I guess the point becomes, and this is uh, all of these are great metaphors for life because uh, when you talk about the pinnacle in life, sometimes we don't really recognize what the pinnacle is. In life, we're not necessarily trying to fucking win a gold medal in wrestling or we're trying to win the Super Bowl. We're just trying to fucking, you know, improve our situation, improve the situation of the people we love. And I, I hope. We're also trying to help a little bit of our, our fellow man, but there aren't necessarily those pinnacles. But for some reason, mm. there's this nebulous, undefinable thing. It's not a gold medal. It's not the Super Bowl trophy. It's, it's this thing. We don't know what it is, but we just keep trying to get to that. But if we're using the football analogy – Every team in the NFL is trying to get to the Super Bowl and win it, but it's not – you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that steps off the field after winning a game that's not in the locker room celebrating. Well, I think celebration is an important thing because I think it attaches over to, like, feeling feeling special. Feeling, like, it's important to feel special. Like, we want to feel unique. And celebration is a great way to tap into this sense of significance and I think if like your entire sense of significance, let's say you're a football player and it's just like, I am a Detroit lion. That's my significance. Well, that has a shelf life. So then it's like, and so I think it comes down to, I think of that movie, uh, dead poet society where he talks about like 
conquest or conquest without contribution, you know, and you're left sort of like there's yeah. no you don't have a legacy. There's nothing to it. We all want to be remembered. We all want to feel significant and important. We all want to feel meaning. And I think reward and celebration are an important thing to check along the way because if we don't, that's sort of a weird path to get down where all of a sudden it's always about like this pot of gold and it's like just it's, – it's just always in front of you. And then you get there and there's that – what are they called? Hedactic adaption. You know, it just becomes very common once you get it. It's like, okay, now what? Well, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier is that if you're always looking for something, I'll be happy when. It goes right. back to that mm -hmm. again because, you know, then you're never really happy. And, and, and look, being happy, I think that's a very big thing to strive for. I'd rather say be at peace, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're never always going to be happy. But if you're at peace, you're doing very well. But I think like you got to find that every day and you've got to stop and realize where you are every day and bring yourself to the present. Because if my goal is only to do something in life or to get to the top of Everest and I don't get there in – you know, that day, am I, am I not happy or at peace that day? And, and is my life meaningless? And where am I? And, and I just think that that's a very significant thing. It's for the guy who wins the gold medal. Did he do it for himself? Was that his goal? Was that his drive? Or was that, you know, his parents' drive? I, you know, I'm just, there's questions that come up in my mind. I, yeah, absolutely. I, th I, th I agree. And, and we say that a lot. And I'll be happy if... I'll be happy when we're putting conditions on happiness rather than uh, making happiness itself an outcome. I'll be happy when I win the Super Bowl. I'll be happy when I get that gold medal in wrestling. Well, great. Now you got that. Now you got the rest of your life. And didactic adaption is exactly right. Like you're happy for a time. It elevates your happiness that we've read and, and we've seen studies after study that like if you, if you win a $40 million lottery, your happiness shoots up, but you're going to come back down to where you were. So there is no circumstance that is going to elevate you to this state of perpetual bliss that you're going to maintain. It is you, there, you have to do the work and reward is something separate. So I guess then we got to come back full circle and ask ourselves, like if a thing or an event isn't something that makes us happy, then why have that scoop of ice cream? Why go on that trip to Paris? I mean, you think about your entire life, what it's based on is you're trying to elevate pleasure. Well, I guess even more specifically is you're trying to alleviate pain. Pleasure is a great, I mean, more, more than trying to elevate pleasure is you're trying to avoid pain. You know? and, and that is essentially the human condition. That's what we're mm -hmm. trying to do. Like any way that we can or cannot intellectually wrap our minds around that, that's what is driving virtually every action that we do every mm -hmm. second of our lives. We're and trying so to we're, reduce pain and increase pleasure. Yeah, and we're built for survival. And it's funny because at the beginning of class, you're, or beginning of class, beginning of the podcast, you're talking about how we're these kind, generous beings and that's how we're, you know, that's how we're sort of meant to be, things like that. And in a book that I was reading, it's like we're built for war. More so than built for kindness and generosity, we're built for this survival instinct. We're built for war. And I think it's one of those – you have to be very, very disciplined, I think, to sort of go in the other direction, which is I want to be happy. I mean survival comes first and that instinct can come sort of at a, a great price in many, many different directions. And I think as far as life on planet Earth is concerned now is you have to try – get very disciplined about being self 
ish. And I don't mean being like, you know, being arrogant right. and right. those right. things. So I'm saying it, it's like to do that, I think takes it for me, it's going to take a lot of work to do what we've been talking about tonight, like to accept the compliment to receive well. What I think that you're mentioning is the um, audio book that actually Ross turned us both on to, and it is called Your uh, Brain on Love. Mm -hmm. So that is a podcast for another day because that whole thing is blowing my mind. Um, <laughs> Good book. But it, Good book. We're, we're already sort of uh, running to, into the, the last two minutes of the fourth quarter for our, our talk today. But uh, I do want to mention that I think what you're – pulling from is from that audiobook when mm -hmm. you talk about how we're built for war. Yeah. And and to be clear about what you're saying is uh what the author was suggesting is something that we've talked about many times in the podcast which is that we're actually wired for worst case scenario. Mhm. Mm and and I think that that's what you mean. No, that's but, what I mean. And then I was saying so so if that's how we're wired this idea that we've been talking about tonight celebration reward that's uh, that's something that that takes getting used to. Mm -hmm. So I the the question really is, and part of the answer is yoga, and I'm painting that in very broad strokes, and I, and I might try to fill that in a little bit. But what we're really talking about is how do we take that that inherent uh, goodness that I think we have that we want to help our fellow man, we want to do good. How do we direct that back in? and take the opportunities like when you when you see somebody and they need kindness they need some cheering up i think that a celebration or award isn't necessarily a scoop of ice cream or i'm just you know i've been working so hard i've been saving money i'm going to splurge a little bit i'm going to buy those boots right you know that's a that's a kindness but really beyond things that you can put in your mouth or or wear on your feet you know, we have to take a look at like how we're being kind to ourselves and how we're rewarding ourselves. And Jeff, what what it could look like for you, as I've been giving this example today, is when you get that sort of compliment, you you allow it to just come in. And one of the things that I uh, try to do, um, and you're long past this process, but we're in the training process of, of, of teaching people how to teach is asking the question after they've had a workshop or, or an opportunity to practice teaching, like, what did you do well? Mm. And we don't, we don't stop and do that. It really starts at a younger age. And I think I see it a lot at the ice cream shops. I see it a lot at Sweet Cow. You've got families that come in. You've got kids that come in. And they come in for occasions. And when I say an occasion, it could be, you know, we, you know, did re he did really well on a test today, and I, I stop and I ask about the test and what the hardest questions were, and I really get into it with the kids, and, and it's a real reward. You know, it's something that's a real celebration. You've got families that come in five nights a week, a whole family, and they get tiny scoops. So it's, this is their way of doing it. It's like in, a, in moderation, but they have a tiny scoop five nights a week together, and I say, you guys are just, you love the ice cream. Well, it's not just we love the ice cream. We're just celebrating our day. What, what you said, I think, is much broader than what I think you meant. And you said we passed a test today or did really well on a test. And that is a fantastic metaphor. Every day, life tests us. A life test. So it's, it's maybe not that algebra test that you took in third grade, but 
every day. I take it a step further too, though, because you look at other people, they set goals for themselves. I know plenty of people that put themselves on a diet, you know, diets are diets, but I'm on this very strict diet and I can't do this and this and this. And my, my recommendation and not because I want them to come have ice cream is how are you going to reward yourself for all the amazing work you do throughout your journey? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't reward yourself, you're never going to stick to creating a diet as a lifestyle. Right. I say that wholeheartedly. It's not going to happen. And then you've got people that are just disappointed with themselves and do Medicaid. And I think that, again, going back to that, there is a very fine distinction because people that Medicaid may not feel they're giving it their all. They may not feel they're putting their best foot forward in what their goals are or may not know what their goals are. And, and that is the exact antithesis of the feeling that we're actually trying to create because when you do that, when you're actually using rewards as medication, there's a part of you knows that you didn't deserve that or earn that, you know? Exactly. And so um, – Well, I think this week what I've been doing with my classes in yoga, I've been saying, let's take a minute and let's think about, I want you to just think about instead of gratitude and appreciation, which is a great theme always, I've been saying to them, what are the qualities about you that are spectacular? What makes you unique? Think this to yourself and don't be humble. I want, this is your chance like to be boastful in your own head on reflection. What makes you so spectacular? Amazing. And I asked them to really consider that. Then I take a It's second. hard too. I'll bet you people At really first, struggle with that. I give them I give them a minute for sure. Then yeah. the next thing I say is what can elevate this feeling of significance, this feeling of uniqueness about yourself? What can you do to elevate that in a healthy way? Like are there skills that you can gain? How can you grow? How can think about those things and what can you gain from it? And I think like you start raising that bar on it and all of a sudden it be- starts becoming dare I say a habit? Of like, I, you know what? The, this is what's unique about me and I'm wonderful. Like actually doing that, I was watching people's faces. I opened my eyes with their eyes closed and I saw like hints of smiles on everybody's faces. Mm-hmm. And on some of them, I saw grimaces. Really? Yeah. It's, it was an interesting d- thing to do, but I've been doing it all week. And then I was just like, every time you look up at the sky, reach up, look up, feel significant. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's been a great exercise because you brought up the topic this week of – what we're going to talk about, which was celebration and reward. And I see that right there in the middle of yoga class, just like I can get a compliment from you, but what about me taking a compliment from myself? Now that's really strange stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing and thinking about this week. And I feel like I'm on a different path now just because I had that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I I think um, Ross has added a great element to our podcast tonight. I think we did pretty well. It's, it's, it's not mm-hmm. often that we have, well, uh, yeah, this is uncomfortable coming out of my mouth, but a podcast threesome. So that was, <laughs> that was pretty good. And yeah, we did do pretty good. And uh, what time does Sweet Cow close tonight? Uh, whenever we get there. It's whenever, so you know, nice. 20 minutes after. It is after, really after awesome sweet cow. to know the guy that has the keys to the shop. That's so right. I think we're going to go get some ice cream. That sounds wonderful. It was great having you on the show tonight, Ross. Thank you for having me. I'd love to come back sometime. You're the man. And what, me? Jeff Suskin. Jeff Suskin. (laughs) I've referred to him as El Jefe. Oh, yes. El Jefe, it was great having you on the show. As always, my partner. And this is Scott Anderson. If you want to learn more about us, check out warrioracademy.com. 
Also look for our sister website, theuda.com, and you can find us on Facebook at Warrior Academy and also Performance Breathing. And if you have any questions, if you want to write to us and tell us how bad or good we did, if you want to pay us a compliment so that we can feel good about going to get more ice cream, write to us at podcast at warrioracademy.com. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank you, guys.